prophet, preacher, sermon leader, rector, reverend, deacon, elder, what the hell is a pastor? So uh, our friend Grace was visiting this past weekend with me, and we got into a little bit of a debate about virtual communion. Because I said that there's no reason to open up churches because we're doing things virtually. Like, let's just everybody stay safe until there's a vaccine. Let's just keep on doing it. And Grace said, well, you know, I'm Episcopalian and we're not able to have communion. And so we're really missing that. And I was like, just do it virtually. Like, that's what I've been. And she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, people just bring their elements. You'll bless the elements through the Internet. Like, this is what you do. And she's like, oh, we can't we can't do that. And it made me realize how much I have changed since seminary. Because in seminary, I was like, you need to have bread that looks like bread. You have to have grape juice or wine because that's, these are what our elements are. You need to be in proper vestments in a place where you can do this. And like, we can extend the table, but we all need to recognize that communion happens in church with a proper liturgy. And since then, like, I think the first crack in my communion idolatry was there was one week that I forgot to get the elements for midweek worship. I just thought we had more in the fridge and we didn't. And so we had communion with uh, goldfish and Coca-Cola. And my people thought they were like, oh, this is like they, they thought it was just as holy as it was the other time. And I was like, it's OK. This is OK we can be fine. Um, and then once we started to be able to do virtual communion, I've actually had like several really holy experiences that have felt more like communion than a bunch of times in church. So I have completely 180 flipped on that. Uh, but Ethan, what are your thoughts on, on communion and what, what do you think, what do you think makes communion, I guess, maybe? Mm, right. Um, no, I, so I, I'll say this, I've also had a similar sort of flip um, from seminary uh, in regards to communion. I think communion is really holy and really important. I love the communion liturgy. I, I still mm -hmm. say it when we did virtual communion. We definitely did virtual communion. And, and I still did the entire liturgy over, over the internet, like, as I, I think the liturgy is really great. Um, so, like, what happens in communion, this is from my perspective, because this is debatable you know from as as you know joe from all kinds of christian traditions there's a lot of conversation sort of surrounding it doctrinally what mm -hmm. i think happens during communion is i think that um the holy spirit uh uh mediates the real presence of jesus christ across time and space um mm -hmm. what i mean by that is um there is a sense in which, and this is why I'm, I'm pro-liturgy for communion, there's a sense in which the liturgy of communion and the act of taking communion um, situates the church uh, both historically with in, in the past, you know, with every other Christian that has come before us when we partake of communion, and uh, pushes us into the future with every other Christian who will come after us. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and so that kind of is the time and space piece. And then it also is this really powerful moment where Jesus is both the, the host of the meal and the source of the meal where Jesus is both, you know, we're, we're, uh, ingesting 
the real presence of Jesus, if you will. You know, it sounds kind of like the blood and the the blood and the flesh is all. Ooh, ooh, I don't know about that, but like mm-hmm. it's it, it's that kind of in, ingesting of 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 the real presence of Christ. And so Jesus is also in communion with us, both kind of serving us. Um, you know, the grace of Christ, if you will, and also coming within us as, as, as grace and all that good stuff. And so like, I think it's a deeply holy and important thing the church does. I think it constitutes the church. I think it, I think it gives us a, a, a sense and an act of being the church mm-hmm. um, and, and being Christ's body by consuming Christ's body you know, if you will. And I think it's, uh, I, I think it's really um, holy and important and good. Um, but I also don't think it's magic. Right. And, uh, and, and I also don't think it's, it, we're, we're casting a kind of ritual spell or, 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 or anything like that. And uh, I too have used multitude of different kinds of communion elements since COVID and, and even a little bit prior to COVID, there was a time when I was a lot more conservative on it in the same way you were, where I was mm-hmm. like, no, 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 this is how we make this holy is by making it deeply ritualistic. But, but I think that COVID, um, God uh, perhaps is using COVID um, to help the church break from that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um not that God created COVID to do that, but, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but that, that's a, that's a positive thing, you know, that, that, that God is, and I've said this a few times when we started doing communion virtually, like God is still sovereign on the internet too. Like, like this yeah. is not a, we, the internet is also a space, you know, and it's a space that, that the Holy spirit is just as, just as active in and just as it works just as well in. So yeah. Uh, And I think um, the source of my willingness to say that God can work in this too, is that um, the ritual is still well established and it, we have that history and that baseline of, this is um, this is traditionally what communion is, and this is how we understand communion, and this is how communion connects us to it. Like, and that that baseline is never going away. So, if we were to um, like exclusively switch to goldfish and grape juice and have that be what the communion elements were every Sunday for always. I would be nervous about that because we are, we are taking ourselves away from the, the liturgy and the bigger story of communion and the tradition of communion. It just makes it harder to connect to the church historic in the way that we've talked about communion connecting us. But when we have these exceptional times, I believe that we can make exceptions to that. And so like, I think we are, after COVID is over, we're going to go back to the table, the communion table, and it'll look different, but we still have an idea of what, um, of what communion in its, um, in the form that reminds us most of the meal that Jesus shared with his disciples. We like, we still have an idea of what communion is and, and what the tradition of communion is, and it's not going to go anywhere. So like, um, Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So that's, that's why I'm not, I'm no longer nervous about it. I used to be really nervous. I used to think that we really had to have only people who were ordained to do communion because you needed people who respected communion and understood what it was for and wouldn't, wouldn't do it in a way that mistakes it for something else. Because, um, it's not just a potluck, right? It's even though like, I would love to do communion at potlucks and have that be part of like, have that be that sacred space within that meal. Um, but like, that we know what the holiness of this time is and that we continue to hold it holy. And I used to think that you had to be ordained in order to hold that holiness. Now I think mm. you just need to know about it, but I do mm. think you still need that education. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and at the same time, like uh, I did Easter vigil and one of my friends was like, I'm just feeling the need to like, have uh to to be in a religious space to be in a spiritual space and i was like well we're doing easter vigil it's a long service but like it's online you can watch it because this was at the beginning of covid um and she's like great i'll come to that one uh during holy week and so she like tuned into the zoom call and sat through all the readings and sat through my sermon and i at communion i was like if you uh haven't already go ahead and get your communion elements you need something that's like a bread something that is uh grain of the field and something that is fruit of the vine and that's why go get what you're gonna get for that and she texted me later. She's like, I definitely did communion with a vodka soda. Hope that's okay. And I was like, it absolutely is. Because like, this is a person who has not been to church in years and who felt like the moving of the spirit is what I would call it, though she wouldn't identify it that way. But like to me, within this context, the spirit moved her to be in community with people. And then mm -hmm. she shared in this really holy moment with all the rest of us. And like that fed her spiritually and also just helped her through this moment where she was feeling lost and alone in this time. Like that's beautiful. Oh yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah. And I've been doing uh, yeah. online communion in our midweek worship services. And a friend of mine from high school has been coming to those, uh, who's also been going through kind of a rough time with his family. And he never has communion elements, but he'll type in, um, takes virtual cup and takes virtual bread. So I've started to like tip the cup and like put the bread up to the screen so he can take it. And that has been like one of those, I'm not sure when this will drop, but Corey talks about those moments when you feel really alive. Like that has yeah. been those moments for me. And that would not have happened if I hadn't extended to virtual communion. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I have all the safeguards in place to do it right. And I feel sure. like things are happening. So I, the, the, uh, the kind of purest debate for it, I'm kind of like, but you're not seeing where ministry is right now. Right, right. Yeah, it, I think that's all really great, Joe. I, the, I didn't realize there was a debate surrounding this until I got on Twitter and I saw the Tradcats scream yeah. and, and bitch about it. Um, like, and, so, and, and it's funny because in this, this COVID-19 in this last um, several months has really caused me to reconsider um, – the kind of Christian I am. Like mm -hmm. I always sort of understood myself when I became a Christian, I, I always understood myself as something of a traditionalist. Like I, I got, I got a lot out of liturgy, which I still do. 
Mm-hmm. And, and I got a lot out of ritual. I respect ritual. I understand ritual. You know, I'm a sociology major. And so ritual, sociology of religion, make, ritual makes sense to me. Like, I'm like, yeah, that's all fine. You know, and, and, and I trusted things like, like, you know, the liturgical colors and, you know, a lot of stuff. I, my point is I understood all of that and I respected and liked all of that. Um, and then COVID kind of happened and, and everything got stripped down and really simplified. And, and I realized that like, that's like totally fine. Like mm-hmm. I, I wasn't upset about that. Like I, I quite liked it. Um, I, I didn't need communion to look a certain way anymore. And um, the other side of it is, is that I think when we allow communion to be online, not only do we reach a very different group of people, like the stuff, like what you're describing, mm-hmm. but, but we, we can make the space holy then. Like essentially communion becomes a sanctifier for a different space. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and uh, I think that something that maybe our more um, traditional Episcopalians or Catholic folks are missing mm-hmm. is that, um, you know, and I, I quite like a lot of that. I'm not trying to say anything bad one way or the other, but like, you know, bringing able, be, being able to make any space you're in holy yeah. and grace-filled Mm-hmm. is I think really important, particularly now when when I think the church is 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 um homeless. Mm-hmm. You know, um I think back to my I, I mentioned on the podcast a little while ago, uh my former professor, Dr. Kinegi, starting a podcast on church in the midst of COVID. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he he says in that is that he believes that the institutional church should should just sort of close all across the board that uh mennonites catholics eastern orthodox all protestants all anglicans just just shut it down it, it's over you know and and mm-hmm. and that he he thinks that 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 is a a deeply faithful option and b it, he also thinks that you know and, and he's he's pretty he's pretty practical in this way none of it's working anyway you know, right. none, none of it, none of it's really working anyway. We're not, we're not really spreading the gospel. We're not really making disciples. We're not, we're not really doing that. And so allowing the church to be a kind of a pilgrim church, mm-hmm. allowing the church to kind of be a church that wanders and, and, and sort of ha- lacks a home uh, means that we're able to take, um, we're able to move and, and make holy space in any secular space we want. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and I think that, and I think communion, what we're experiencing with online communion is, is like a really great manifestation of that because you don't need a sanctuary to do communion. Mm-hmm. You don't, not really, you know, and, and maybe, maybe in some tradition you do, but I think that that's a problem. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. Um, what it makes me think of is, um, I, like, I do still think we, uh, that we as humans benefit from having holy sites. And mm-hmm. so having a place that you can go to where you, um, 
reliably experience the presence of God. I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, having, having, for lack of a better word, shrines, or like if we leave cathedrals as like places of pilgrimage or something like that, you know, like I'm, I'm happy for that to exist, but I am finding more and more that as we have made our churches, those sites, we are, they, they have become less holy because we've stopped treating them that way. And so we've, we've trapped the holiness in that building, we say. But I think for a lot of us, this has come up uh, for us as young pastors, the church has come, become less and less holy for us because it's this place of conflict. It's this place of anger. It's this place of being dismissed and ignored. And that's, that's not of God. And so if our churches cannot facilitate that gathering of holiness, then like, yeah, let's close them. Because then what God does miraculously is that God creates this holy space within us and we carry it wherever we go, as you're saying. I, so when I worked for the planetarium, I did the portable planetarium and you pack up the whole planetarium into a van and you go into a school. And for that day, that space is transformed into a planetarium and you get to encounter everything that's in this big brick and mortar building without having to go there. And so you, I got to carry this kind of, um, sacred space with me at all times. And as I've been doing, um, as I've been doing worship services, like out in the parking lot, I've done drive by communion where people can come by and we bless the elements and pray together. <laughs> and it's been good. Um, but I've also done worship services where I just like pack up a table and an altar cloth and like all the fixings for an altar and go and do a service somewhere. And that's been really, really powerful to me is, is that like, I now, have almost a routine of this is what I need to bring with me in order to set up this this space that we will all be able to recognize as holy together. Um, and it's not holy because I have the right trappings. It's holy because I have brought these things that are holy to me with me, and then I'm creating that space for others to participate in. And that has been, again, more effective than almost anything I've done in my church. And I, yeah, I think that at the beginning of the epidemic, I was the pandemic. I was really hesitant about these things. And I was like, maybe we just take this as a time to rest or a time to focus on caring for our neighbors instead of uh, focusing on our ritual. And I have since kind of gotten have felt more and more that like we need to be carrying holiness with us. Um, and if that is extending the table to online, if that is using whatever elements you have in front of you, if that's um, being willing to engage in conversations outside of the church building about God and Jesus, like that's, that is what I think God is calling us to do, has always been calling us to do. And it's just really apparent in this moment. Yeah. And it feel it feels very, um, we talk a lot about like Christian hegemony and stuff. I, I don't think we ever use that word, but we talk a lot about Christian hegemony on this podcast. And what I find when I am um, doing non-traditional, what's the word I want to use? Non-traditional worship uh, is that I feel more connected to um, to my ancestors who found the holiness around them and raised that up to whatever they saw the divine as being. Like it just feels a lot more authentic instead of the play acting that I sometimes feel like worship is. 
So I hate the word authentic, but that's, that's what I'm going to stick with is it feels like we're connecting to a real practice that actually means something to us instead of the pageantry that that church has become in some places. Right. Right. In, in a, the episode, I don't know where or when this episode will be released, but in the episode we recorded right before doing this, we had Corey, Pastor Corey on, and Corey made a comment about pageantry and, and emptiness in things like um, uh, our patriotic displays or, or stuff like that. And um, I think you're right, Joe. I think it goes hand in hand One of, with with some of the ways in which we conduct ourselves in church, both kind of in that really traditional, you know, robes and all of that, but, but also in, in the sort of evangelical contemporary framework, what, what we are seeing is a kind of play acting, right? A kind of, yeah. a kind of something with that, that has, uh, that, that's all power and all glory as, um, but, but without any of the, without any of the things to undergird it and without any of the mm-hmm. things to animate it. Um, and, and I want to get away from that too. Like that's, that's the stuff that turns me off from church and from really anything. Actually, that's just something that turns me off of anything. Like mm-hmm. it is, it, it's one of the reasons why I deeply struggle with being patriotic and why I always have, you know, even, even before I, um, was a practicing Christian or before I was a kind of all of this stuff. Like I, I didn't really understand what the point was. Like I didn't really understand. And I still don't what, where, where is the substance, substance, substantive thing in our displays of patriotism and in our displays of religiosity. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, often uh, something like communion is sort of cast as that kind of thing that lacks substance. Mm-hmm. You know, well, it's just that thing we do, you know, and, and it's, and I think it can, I, I really, I really do think it can. Um, but I think that what you're describing and what you're experiencing of being able to take communion on the road, you know, and being mm-hmm. able to set it up wherever you're at, I think that 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 gets at something more substantive and it isn't just play acting. You know, it's not, it, 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 you don't have your, you know, your stage, you, you, you're setting it up to do it. You know, it's more of a shopkeep, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, um, I'm allowed, I allowed, I am able to do it because I hold communion in such high regard in the first place. You know, I don't, I don't think of it as play acting. I don't think I used to in college. I was like, I don't know why we get a snack in the middle of the service, but I have since really come to a deep appreciation for the communion of saints and the real presence of Christ and how, um, how even in times when I could not pray and in times when I did not, I, I did not know God for who God was in, in some of my darkest times. I could usually still receive communion and feel, feel something is maybe not the word, but um, know that um, I was not as abandoned as I felt that I was. Like communion has been, I mean, John Wesley calls it a converting sacrament, like that you can receive communion without really knowing all of this and God is still working in it. Um, 
And I have found it to be a play, a reliable means of grace for me. And so I hold it as very holy. And so I can do it with something that does not have the pageantry and still know exactly like, like the, the heart of communion is still in my spirit. And so therefore the trappings of communion don't matter. And I think that, um, I, I understand the, the traditional desire to preserve communion in, um, in the liturgy and it, with traditional elements and, and to have that routine and to have that, um, it, to make it a reliable space for a lot of people by keeping it the same over time. I think that you kind of have to have that, right? You have to have that practice with it. You have to have that rehearsal with it. Um, but at the same time, there comes a point when you have practiced enough and you have rehearsed enough and the, the specific trappings of it are no longer as crucial. Like those are, those are training wheels and they can come off. And I think you still need training wheels. Like I, I would never say that we can just do away entirely with any of the tradition of it. But I think in extraordinary circumstances, or I think when we want to train people in order to go into extraordinary circumstances, that we get people to get to the heart of communion and then the trappings can fall away. And I think that that is a good and holy thing. I, I agree. I, I, th I think it all comes down to, um, you know, who is this serving? And, mm. and if we, if we're going to be sticklers for it, like some of the, some of the weird Methodist, uh, I guess it's called weird Methodist Twitter, mm. but it's, but it's also the, the kind of, kind of real creepy pseudo fascist conservative Methodism on Facebook or on Twitter or in other places. Uh, I find, I find the communion debate there too, that, you know, Ah well, we shouldn't have open table because even though John Wesley said it was a converting grace that we we misunderstand entirely, only baptized Christians should be doing this. Yada 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 yada. And um, it's really in those moments where where I I'm reminded of Jesus's teaching in all all the Gospels, but it's particularly striking in the Gospel of Mark, where he talks about um, you know what is Sabbath for. Mm. you know is, is sabbath for people or are people for sabbath right mm -hmm. and and um and the answer is well sabbath is for people like it's 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 purpose is to serve and and so when 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 the roles are flipped when we become tools to serve a ritual you know that's when that becomes a problem when people mm -hmm. are being sacrificed in in favor of the ritual then then the ritual has lost its meaning then yeah. and, and i think it's the same with communion too like we communion should be done in a way that is authentic and meaningful yes and and those and the traditions surrounding communion are only effective if they are doing that yeah you know otherwise otherwise it's spell work you know otherwise mm -hmm. it's it's technique and it's and it's this uh this principle that we're sort of enslaved to that we have to do otherwise otherwise god won't make our crops grow you know exactly yeah. and and uh and that's a that's a really kind of damaging approach that's that's the uh that's the approach that that the best of Protestantism, you know, the, the best of the principle of justification by faith, right? Like mm -hmm. the best of that is, is, 
you know, that, that principle is at its best when it's eroding stuff like that, you know, when, yeah. when it's, when it's eroding, not when it's trying to get out of doing something, but when it's, but when it's pointing out and showing us, um, uh, there are no special rewards for being, um, for throwing people under the bus in order to make your techniques correct, you know, in order yeah. to, you know, stuff like that. And so communion, basically what I'm saying is virtual communion, totally good. I will totally lead it and partake of it and, and do whatever. And, and I'm, I'm really okay with that. Not, uh, the Episcopalians need to get on board and, uh, <laughs> And I'm sure there and, are some that are, and it's it's just the institution that's got to come along. Agreed. Um, I'm going to shut us down. Sounds good. All right. Friends, this has been a mini-soda. What the hell is a pastor? We are Spanx, Reebok, and the Dude, and we will see you next time. Yes, honey. You can say hi right here. Mm -hmm. right hi. There. Hi.